Welcome to the Crowdmakers, inside the C-suite of sports and entertainment, the definitive podcast on the inner workings of the business side of professional sports, concerts, and live events. These are the people that are shaping the new landscape of the industry, the executives that are creating the new paradigm for live entertainment. These are the inside conversations you won't hear anywhere else. These are the Crowdmakers. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the digital training network that uses micro-learning and spaced repetition to form new habits of success in sales, service, leadership, and more. Created by sports and entertainment industry experts for the industry. Learn more at ISBI360.com. And now, here's your host for the Crowdmakers, Bill Gertine. Welcome once again to the Crowdmakers. I'm Bill Gertine, and I am graced with the presence of Danita Johnson today. Danita is the brand new president of DC United of MLS. Thanks so much for being here, Danita. Thank you for having me, Bill. So fun to reconnect with you. Uh, you and I have been kind of doing these parallel career tracks. We've known each other for a long time. But during this last year, when things started shutting down, what did you do to better yourself during that time? A lot of people started a new habit, something you started reading. What did you do? I think reminding myself that staying calm is the best thing I can do in a leadership position. Um, I felt, you know, during the time, especially when March hit and everything happened, we didn't know what was going to happen next, but just taking it day by day and really slowing down and realizing that things were out of my control. It was out of all of our controls. And so with that, just learning how to pace myself. And at the beginning of quarantine, kind of what you mentioned, I started reading a book like every month. Um, Motivation Manifesto was probably one of the best ones I read. Brendan Burchard. Um, Yes. Oh, love it. I actually just gave it to a friend the other day to read because I was like, you're going to love this. You, you got to read it. Um, but those are the books. I mean, I was reading and just really just trying to be as calm as possible. Were you reading on your Peloton as you were doing that? Because I understand you are a big devotee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. <laughs> um, no, can't do both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Most everybody in sports can remember where they were on that day where they first figured out that things were going to be shut down. Where mm. were you at that moment? What was the situation for you? I was actually watching that game. And it was like, everything was happening. And I was at, I think it was at my house. Yeah. I think I was home and we were watching the game and it was like, wait, this is, Oh, they're shutting this down. And I said, once the NBA goes, everything's going to shut down. It's like a signal. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. was. You'll be home in DC once again. Congratulations. You Thank spent you. a couple of years there with Jim Van Stone and the Washington Mystics. And that was a whole part of the Washington's monumental sports and entertainment. Was there a strong appeal for you to return to DC that factored into this decision for you? You know, it's the city itself is a wonderful city. And I've said for many years, if I was to ever move again, because I'd truly become an LA girl, but I was like, okay, here we go. Um, I said, if I was ever to move again from an East Coast perspective or cities, DC would be one of the few places that I live that I would love to go back to. Um, and so it just factored in where it was just the opportunity itself with DC United. And there's so much to be done. And so so much that has been done, just the future is so bright for the organization as a whole. And then for me personally, um, my family's back east. They're between North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. So everybody knows the drive on 95 once you get through Virginia. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, I have some nieces and nephews that are getting a little older. So to have some time with them, I'm very excited for them to be able to come and see Aunt Danita and actually see me at work. How cool for you. 
Yeah. Well, you're taking a job that was vacated, gosh, almost two and a half years ago by Tom Hunt. Who has been doing that job in the interim and what challenges do you expect that you'll be facing that would be different than if you were taking over for someone had, that had just left? Yeah, there was a CBO in the role previously. Um, so that was leading the organization. So I think now for me, when I look at this opportunity and it's been two and a half years, I feel like it's like that landscape of just like freedom where it's been a long time since they've had somebody in this role. They're looking for opportunities for change. They're looking to continue great things, but also build upon new things. And so when I look at the role, I look at it as like, it's like a blank canvas, even though there's history and I don't delete the history. I wanna be really clear about that. There's history and you preserve that. You preserve the culture of the game. You preserve the culture of the community. But now we have this thing where we get to write our, we get to write the next step for us. And I think that's what I think about in this role. And I think about leadership as being a really big piece in that. So cool. Well, you're coming from LA, having been the president and COO of the LA Sparks of the WNBA. The Sparks were named Franchise of the Year in 2019 and the W's Marketing and Ticket Sales Organization of the Year at the same time. Very big honors back to back for you. Where do you see the low hanging fruit as you start to build that same kind of best in class performance at DC United? Where will you start? Whew, still figuring that out, kind of. I kind of know in some sense, but I'm still diving in. I like to do a little research before I give like the full answer. But part of it to me is I think our fans are part of the core of this organization. It's been, you know, through our support groups, our fans have got to continue to be a priority for us. So I think how we continue to build our fan base and do programming for our fans is going to be a very significant piece of this because fan loyalty also drive partnership loyalty. And so as we continue to drive new partnerships, um, especially with the, with Audi Field and so much that could be done there from the continuation from the when it opened um, a few years back till now, I think there's still so much opportunity. So I think that I think as we move hopefully through the through COVID, the opportunity for special events um, at the actual stadium and facility, I think is going to be phenomenal. There's so much that can be done there. And who doesn't love an outdoor event in the summer in D.C.? What do you like about Audi Field? Have you been there? Have you had a chance to walk around? I haven't been there yet. So I drove past there because I knew it was there. I drove past there a while back, so I saw it, but I haven't actually been in. So I'm very, very much looking forward to the opportunity to get to the city and truly check out the field. You are not just the very first black woman to become an MLS team president, but the very first black person in the role within MLS. Now, I don't want to make too much of this, but it is a big deal. And, and I, I know that you've probably had several interviews about this. Uh, what sorts of notes have you received from people about your new position and, and what have they meant to you? Uh, honestly, with all the nerves of everything happening and everything coming out about me taking on this role, the notes from people are what sustained me over the last couple of weeks. And, I'll, and I like, they don't know. And I've actually went through and have tried to like reply to like at least 90% of the things that people send to me because it means so much, just the appreciation, you know, what visibility means to them, giving them the, the inspiration to strive for more and want more and realize that there are no, like they don't have to live by these limitations in life. And so their notes inspire me just as they feel inspired by me. It just reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing and that I can continue to push forward. And so the kind words are everything. That's great. Well, you've been training for this gig your entire career. You know, it's great to see someone in sales rise to the top as you have, but you started, some would say very humbly, 
out of school at Western Carolina University as the marketing intern for the Fayetteville Patriots. At that time, they were the NBA D-League team in Fayetteville, North Carolina. There are a lot of students that aren't going to get a chance to do an internship like you did. What do you recommend for young people in that position right now who haven't had the luxury of doing a real live internship this past year? Yeah, you know, a lot of programs and teams, and I know we did even when I was at Sparks, we did virtual internship opportunities. So I wouldn't just stop at, okay, it's we're in COVID, nobody's doing anything. Do the research. I also participated in one of my friends actually in the midst of this started this group. Um, and it was people from all different industries. And we had people that we mentored throughout the summer. So there are opportunities there, seek them out, research, like ask people in these roles from myself to others, are there internship opportunities, are programs that people know about because it's critical to the success. So for young people that might be listening right now, what sorts of internship work would they be doing in this restricted form of environment we're in? Yeah, so some of the stuff we've done is like special projects. Um, So we'll do like, we did a revenue generation piece when I was at Sparks where it was like, we need to generate new opportunities of revenue. So kind of giving um, interns the opportunity to present ideas, kind of like Shark Tankish, of you have the opportunity to present different ideas, then we're actually, then they present that up the ladder from there. Um, there's things where it's the strategy stuff, especially in the social digital world right now, we all know how big that is. So there's opportunities from graphics to video editing. I think there's a lot of things that just maybe you don't have to sit in the office and do, and we're all learning that. Um, and so I think the same is with internships and, you know, we had a sales academy and we still train them on ticket sales. Um, we've probably used some of your videos. <laughs> I know I have in the past. I feel like every salesperson has, but, you know, using video content and really working with them on process, I think there's an opportunity to still learn. We'll be back for the second half right after this. Hi, this is Bill Gertine. I've been training the ticket sales departments of sports and entertainment for almost 20 years. And I love what I do. But everywhere I went, the story was always the same. We loved what you did. You got us fired up. But after a while, we kind of lost the spark and we went back to the same old, same old. Well, not anymore. ISBI 360 is the first and only digital training network created exclusively for the specific long-term career needs of sports and entertainment professionals. Our seven different unique certification programs include the fundamentals of success in the industry, like ticket sales, sponsorships, social media, customer service, and leadership, all trained by industry experts like Brett Zalaski, Debbie Nolan, Misha Scher, and Seth Rabinowitz. ISBI 360 uses a unique four-stage learning process, including cutting-edge micro-learning videos, live recorded role plays, live coaching from industry experts, and an ongoing reinforcement program to make sure the learning sticks and forms the habits that your people need to grow and excel faster. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com slash demo. That's isbi360.com slash demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Check out what's different about ISBI 360 today. Well, if there's any one thing I have admired about your career, Danita, it has been your strong belief and work ethic in support of professional women's athletics. So much of your career has been invested in the promotion and the selling of the W. You sold groups for the Phoenix Mercury. You were senior director of ticket sales for the Tulsa Shock, the director of ticket sales for the Mystics, and a total of over six years most recently there in L.A. with the Sparks. Is there a certain conditioning that you think your career path has given you to be a better team president in some way? 
I think it has taught me how to deal with adversity, um, challenging times, realizing that your belief and what you believe in something can be infectious. And so my belief in the W is not going anywhere. My belief in women's sports does not go anywhere. And so that fire and passion that I had in that, and I still have, was something that became infectious to the people around us because then they started to share that. And, you know, and I think that's how it works with those type of things. Same thing in this situation. If I'm not passionate about DC United and the MLS, how can my team be? And so that's how I think about it. I have to do that. One of my friends told me years, like a couple of years back, she said, you got to preach the gospel for people to know. And so I have to preach the message, but I have to also believe the message in which I'm preaching in order for it to go. And I'm no preacher, but <laughs> it's yeah. a little analogy if it helps. All right. You preach on, Danita. You're good. <laughs> well, take us through because there's been such a movement lately and you're living through this now. Take us through how you've been feeling recently with the reckoning that's finally taking place with the more proper recognition and compensation of female athletes athletes and athletics. Do you sometimes wish you could be selling for those same teams now versus just a few years ago? You know, I think timing is timing. It happens how it's supposed to. I wouldn't have learned what I've learned if that would have happened at a different time. Um, I think it prepared me for the moment, um, knowing, you know, what we went through to get to where we are. And so now as we go into this new horizon of women's sports and women in business when it comes to the sporting world, like we know that you know it's our time and we've prepared for this for many years and it's now about doing the right things continuing to be who we are what we've always represented which is diversity inclusion um, equality and equity and so continue to push that forward you've been hired on the business side only it's been very clear that you're not there to negotiate player (laughs) trades or sign anybody you're there to focus on just the business to grow the fan base and to grow sponsorships like you've done so well in basketball as you've been talking about what areas you're going to focus on with your new colleagues if you have had any time what have you talked about changing or improving right out of the box are there ticket packages perhaps new sponsor opportunities things perhaps mls in general has not been able to monetize as well as you think it could Yeah, I think we're still diving into that. I have some stuff coming my way this week that I'll really get to do like a full analysis of that. For me, you know, I think there's some core things that always work in our industries. And that's not necessarily just packaging. It's about what's like the consumer benefits and like what the consumer actually is receiving. And I don't mean gifting. That's not what I mean. Like what's the overall experience look like? What's their buying process look like from beginning to end? What's the service process look like on the back end? And I think that's very similar from a partnership standpoint to a ticket sales standpoint. And so you wanna look at the whole gamut of like, from the moment they log to your website or they see you on Instagram, what does that consumer experience look like? And we need to identify what that truly looks like and how we're actually talking to our consumers. And that's going to be really key and something I'm looking to dive into. Sure. There's been so much happening this past year. What are the trends or storylines in sports or entertainment that you are watching closely right now? Is there something you think perhaps should get more press or more discussion that you think will become more important sooner than later? What are are you watching? Outside of what we've done from a social justice standpoint, which I think is really like been phenomenal throughout this past year. And I know it's going to continue. And I know even for us, it's something I'm going to look to make sure that we're consistently involved in with uh, DC United. But I think where I am just like intriguing, like the nerdy version of sports business for me is the sports betting. And what what are you following? What's interesting to you about that? Yeah, 
because it changes the way people watch games. It's like, you remember when fantasy football first came out and I remember going to like a breakfast on Sunday and sitting there for four to six hours with my friends and just looking at my phone and watching the game and how I actually consumed it. It changed. And so I think how people become fans of different sports is going to change due to sports betting. And I'm very intrigued to see how this evolves as people, as it moves forward. But I think it's going to be a very interesting space to watch. Do you see MLS as being a player in that as well? Because they've been somewhat on the sidelines with regard to any deals that have been struck with regard to gaming. Yeah, I can't speak to it just yet. I have more to learn. And I want to overstep my bounds on that as I learn more and maybe a couple months, come back, ask me that same question. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, it's in this strange time for all of us. What do you think this unique situation has given the industry a chance to do or to be that may never come again? Is there a window that exists right now to change or improve something that you see? I think where we were from a technology and innovation and fan experience, whether you were in stadium or out of stadium, was on the horizon. I feel like this pushed us forward of like we moved forward a few years on what the consumer experience looks like, whether you're in an arena or not. And I think that's one of the big things. And for soccer, you know, if you're in stadium, whichever it may be. But I think that's one of the bigger things that has changed. Are there a few tech items or apps or uh, applications per se of tech that you're particularly interested or fond of or watching closely? I not to name one in particular, but I like the ones where you're able, like people are working through how you can choose. Remember like choose your own adventure books when you were young, like the way right. to turn to page 91. Right. So I feel like the ones where it's like, you can watch the game from different views of how you want, like you're kind of depicting how you're actually being able to see. I think that is really unique. Very cool as to what's happened. And MLS will give you a whole new perspective on things because MLS was one of the first to be able to do some of the tech items on uh, biometrics. And uh, I'm sure there'll be more of that coming up. Was there any of that in the W? I didn't see any of that really other than MLS. That's something that was on the horizon. I believe on the horizon. So we'll see what happens. So you can actually see what the heart rate of your forward is on the field and and Mm -hmm. actually engage in that way. Right. And that's, that's what's unique. And that's changing the consumer experience, the fan experience. And let's talk about that for a minute because fans have changed because they haven't had the ability to get the yayas out that they have for live sports recently, at least to be there. How difficult do you think it will be to bring people back given what's happened? I think once people feel safe, they will be ready to come back. I think we're yearning for that, all of us. I mean, I love going to concerts and shows. It's been a really long time. So I feel like once people feel as though it's safe, it's going to be a phenomenal experience to have people back. Cool. Well, I have a list of rapid fire questions for you. Okay. And so if you're ready, I'm going to give them to you one at a time. Just have some fun with these. You ready? All right, let's do it. All right. Favorite binge watch during the pandemic? Queen's Gambit. Ah, besides sports, the one thing you've missed most during COVID? Restaurants. The board game you thought you'd never play again that you played in 2020? Pan Am. Really weird. It's a whole different game. Never played it before. Found it. COVID. <laughs> uh, favorite musical artist on your workout mix? Oh, Oh, uh, good question. I'm probably, I really like Alabama shakes. Cool. 
Yeah. And is there an artist you want to see when you come out when finally artists get to come back? And I know you're a big live music fan. Um, I saw Leon Bridges before. I'd like to see him again. Cool. Favorite sports team that you have not worked for? Chicago Bulls. Ah. Restaurant that you've ordered DoorDash from more than any other? <laughs> uh, sweet Green. All right. Favorite comedian or comedian? Oh, these are good. Um, probably like Eddie Murphy back in the day. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, he's still around. I know back in the day, I guess the yeah. older Eddie Murphy. Yeah. If you weren't in the sports industry, you'd probably be doing blank. I'd be in culinary school. Wow. Cool. Favorite thing about L.A.? Um, the sunsets. Mm, yeah. The, it, the number one phrase that you are most known for in your office, if we were to interview your staff. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, did you guys understand that? <laughs> be listening dc united that's one you'll hear a few times <laughs> the biggest hurdle you have to overcome in the next six months outside of moving um hopefully figuring out how to get people back to audi field and the one bold prediction that you would have for sports and entertainment going forward oh be bold here that's scary um Summer 2021, we'll have fans. It's not so bold. I'm, I'm in on that. Oh, I feel, I feel kind of, I feel solid about it. Maybe it's just me like, let's do this. So yeah. I'm it's all right. It the pos I'm sure the positive attitude is part of what they brought you aboard for. There so you're, you're making it happen. So grateful for your time. Danita Johnson, new president of DC United of MLS. Thanks for joining us here on the Crowdmakers. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed the program, please like us, share us with those you know, and hit subscribe on the podcast, and we'll let you know when another new episode is dropped. Your positive comments will help keep the Crowdmakers on the air. We'd be grateful for your five-star review. Got someone you'd like to hear as a guest on the Crowdmakers? Let us know, and we'll do our best to reach out to them. Drop us a note at info at isbi360.com. That's info at isbi360.com. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the first and only digital training network for sports and entertainment professionals. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com slash demo. That's isbi360.com slash demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Our chief engineer of the Crowdmakers is Ken Marinelli. Sean Quinn is our director of operations. Mark Yazowitz is the digital platform guru. And the executive producer of The Crowdmakers is Doug Quinn. I'm Bill Gertin. Until next time, thanks for listening, and so long for now. This is The Crowdmakers on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.